Welcome to the next episode of Herb Sessions. I'm your host, Herb. That's spelled E-R, B as in boy, E as in astronomy. <laughs> oh, how's everybody doing? This episode to you is brought to you by, you guessed it, nobody. I'm still working on sponsors. I don't know when I'll get them, but I know deep down inside I'll get them. If you like, feel like you deserve it, the universe will serve it. And I feel like the universe will serve it sometime soon here. But until then, it's just me and only me and those who listen. But there are a few things that I am into. And again, I'll share them with you. One of them being layered superfoods. This is amazing coffee, creamers, hydration drinks. Check them out. It's super bomb. I just got the... Uh, super creamer with uh, mushrooms in them and uh, performance mushrooms delicious I'm on like my third cup today and it's great uh, another thing I'm really into is mental health so check out betterhelp.com it's also an app these these are people who you can reach out to if you're having you know little mental breakdowns or whatever it's affordable need health insurance and it gives you someone to talk to because let's be real we all need someone to talk to and this would be the place to go so betterhelp.com also get yourself a tushy that's right a tushy it's a modern bidet to wash your bum bum hole and i gotta tell you it's fantastic i got one i put it in my apartment and let's just say I don't have to buy toilet paper for, I don't know, almost a month. You just, uh, you know, spray the water on the old piece down there. Cleans you up and you're good to go. Get some toilet paper, a couple sheets. Dry it up. You're on your way. Check it out. Tushy. It's great. It's real great. Um, so on this episode, I wanted to talk to you or talk about some things that I suffer from and maybe... You're going through it and you don't know you're going through it. Um, I always express mental health because I suffer from mental health. Not like a crazy lunatic where I'm going to just pop off the rails and hurt somebody. But I have a legit diagnosis. I I got diagnosed when I was in um, x-ray school, actually. And... Um, it was pretty weird how it happened because I needed test accommodations. But with that, you have to have a documentation of some diagnosis or a diagnosis is why you need test accommodation, like extended time, quiet room, things like that. So my school did it for free and these tests are like thousands of dollars. And uh, through my school, we had health insurance. So I got it done and I always knew something was off uh, mentally. I can never be fully satisfied with life. It's always felt like very chaotic, very just all over the place. And um, I'll tell you where that stems from. But come to find out, I suffer from major depression disorder. I think it's, uh, they don't call it bipolar one. I forget what it is, but... It's a disorder where major depression disorder is where you have manic episodes. Either you're really, really 
on cloud nine and you're doing great for a while or you're just not. And um, it's really hard to find uh, in between with everything. And um, it makes sense. Uh, right when you read the diagnosis to me, um, everything clicked as to why my life has always been a little difficult trying to just be happy with what I have and who's, who's involved in my life has always been an extreme struggle. And I will get to that right now as to why, but I'm going to sip on some of this delicious coffee. Give me a second. By the way, I switched the coffee during the episode because my grandma just wasn't fond of me drinking whiskey. <laughs> uh, bless her soul. And she didn't like cursing, which makes sense. There's so much language out there in the English language that I would be a little bit more uh, aware as to not curse so much because she brought up a good point. She's like, I don't like to hear it, but when I hear it, I start using it and I don't like to use those words. You know what? I can't argue that. She's right. You know, when I start hearing people rail off on some words, I start using it and, you know, Human beings were sophisticated enough to try some other words out for at least an hour. <laughs> so that is what I'm taking from that. Um, my grandma's always been super honest with me, so I appreciate what she says, and I take it to heart and I work on it. So I'm going to do that this episode. Now, I wanted to start with why... Depression and mental health is so important to me. I already went over my diagnosis, which a lot of people don't know. Um, I haven't really shared with it, except for maybe about two or three people. Um, I don't like to share it just because, you know, I'm not looking for any kind of attention or boohoo. But I also don't want to be grouped as that type of person, if that makes sense. Like, oh, Russ is just... You know, he's depressed all the time and yada, yada, yada. I don't know, this and that. It's kind of when people ask me what religious background or beliefs I have. And I don't tell them anything, but that um, I'm aware. I respect those who are religious. More, I'm more of like a spiritual kind of dude. But the moment you claim an idea or ideology, you begin to be judged as that ideology. And, you know, I just get tired of that. I got tired of that. So I'd rather people just be like, oh, this is who he is. This is him without me really knowing, you know, what he believes. Let me just put this together on my own and accept the person for that person, just not what they believe, if that makes sense. So the reason I don't tell anybody this uh, is just because of that reason. Um, you'd be surprised immediately when you tell somebody that, and I go, man, they step back, just like, oh man, this dude, that's a lot, that's a lot, real soon, and, you know, uh, and uh, I don't know if I can really handle that type of person. So, I do what the cliche saying is, I fake it till I make it, and um, you get tired of faking it, people. I get tired of faking it. I'll be real with you. I have moments of happiness like everyone else, but generally my overall life is pretty depressed. I would say about 95% of it is um, 
depressed. It's not like a negative outlook on life, but it's not, I don't get excited very often. Um, I'm very, my emotions are constantly checked. I don't show emotion too much. Not that I can't show emotion, trust me, I cry, I cry a lot. <laughs> but I keep it in check. And that all stems from when I was a kid. So what a lot of people don't know about my journey, where my depression started, it started when I was a kid, 100%. Um, it didn't show up later in life like some people. Mine showed up too early, and um, I recognized it pretty early, and it was rough. I would say the first time I knew I had a problem was actually I remember the first day of kindergarten. Um, I think I was five years old or something like that. And um, I just knew something wasn't right. Um, being the fact that when I was born, I was born with a cleft lip and palate, um, which if you don't know, just Google it, look it up. And um, it's pretty much a mutation where your body somewhere when you're in your mother's womb pretty much tells it to stop forming. So it usually cleft can happen anywhere in the body, but cleft lip and palate is what I got. It's generally like a hole in your face and your gum line and your nose and and all that good stuff. But uh, mine was unique in that not only I had that, I had uh, vision issues. couldn't really see out of my right eye. And I also had hearing loss too. Um, the vision was fixed. They were able to fix the left eye, but the right eye never really took. I could see out of my right eye, but if you asked me to read anything, uh, I couldn't, even if it was like the biggest font size in the world, I still couldn't read it. So generally, I'm pretty much blind in one eye, and I got one good eye. And as far as hearing, I couldn't hear, I think, all the way up. I mean, I could hear, but it was like muffled. I'm talking like dim, like a whisper. So I thought that was normal. And I would read uh, lips. So I would stare at you and then I would read your lips and then I would do what was asked of me or respond in some way. And then my hearing was corrected with the operation. They put little tubes in here to open up your ear canal. And that, and that fixed it. But later on, I would say about a year ago, I can feel my right ear kind of closing up on me. So it might be something I may have to uh, look into doing one more time. But who knows? As far as my right eye, uh, you know, I hope for the best every day that I am able to keep my vision. <laughs> but with all that growing up, I knew the first day of kindergarten, um, I didn't like school. I actually hated it. I didn't like being away from my mom. Some kids really gravitate towards it. They have a good time. I didn't. I cried. I remember crying. It was traumatic, but who, you know, everybody has their first day of school. That sucked. I just didn't like it. I knew it was different. I looked different. I was rocking huge glasses. I mean, I looked like magnifying glasses on my little face. And um, I just didn't like it. I didn't like standing out like that. And uh, 
I can't say I really got picked on a lot, which I was very lucky. It wasn't really bullying that I suffered from. It was my own mental confusion of why do I look like this? Why do why am I such a slow learner? Why do I look different? Why do I have two brothers that don't have any issues and I'm the only one? I mean, I was like the oddball out in my family, like the ugly duckling, I guess you would say. And uh, I just felt different. And um, you feel different. You look different. And, you know, things just don't seem in place like they do for most people. So this went on for years and years. I felt this way. Um, When I turned eight, I knew it got worse for me. That's when um, a lot of more surgeries were happening um, because I had to have surgeries every single year, maybe once or twice a year, just for reconstruction issues and um, just a lot of plastic surgery. As my face grew, they had to keep remolding it. And, um, you know, a lot of teeth issues. I had to have a bone implant from my hip up to my gum line. So my teeth had something to hold on to. Um, just, you know, surgery after surgery, just chaotic, just in a lot of pain and hurting. But the thing that was never addressed was my mental state. And no one ever really talked about it. I can't really blame my parents because I'm sure they don't, they, didn't have a clue what to do with a kid like that. <laughs> but I felt it. Um, there was a point where it got so bad that I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody, but my aunt and my older brother is that I just did not want to deal with it anymore. I didn't want to live. I definitely was tired of I wouldn't say it was negative re like negative reinforcement if that made sense, but hearing doctors always going, okay, we're not done yet. You don't look this way. You don't look that way, and you hear that for your whole life. Um, it's not a negative thing. I know what they're trying to do as I got older, but as a kid, uh, you can't comprehend that. You, you know, your little mind is not prepared for stuff like that, and when you don't have anybody walking you through it it's it's scary and so you try to walk through it through yourself and um it was rough i uh i think i know around eight o'clock I, eight o'clock <laughs> eight years old i um uh, i started cutting my wrists i i was angry i was upset wasn't didn't know how to channel all this frustration so I just did it that way, and I hit it. I would wear like little bands around my wrist, and um, I told my aunt, and she would keep an eye on me. She would always check in. It was rough. I kept a journal, like my aunt asked me to, and I did that for, man, I hid that for about four or five years. It was con- constant, and... um as I got older, I started dealing with it a little bit better. I was able to go get, you know, a little bit of help. Around when I was in high school, I started talking to a therapist. No, I take that back. I started 
going to therapy till I don't know, till recently. Yeah. But the way I dealt with that after, you know, I kind of grew and realized that's not healthy, I got a guitar. Um, my parents never bought me a guitar. We actually found it at their church. <laughs> and uh, we t- they, they gave it to me. They asked around first and then no one claimed it. So I took it and that was my saving grace. I would just write lyrics after lyrics and play songs. I had a friend teach me basic you know the basics of the strings and the chords and then i just zoned out for four or five years during junior high and high school that's all i did was just play music and i got really good at it um lyrically i i mean i wrote some depressing stuff but that was me speaking about it Uh, no one really picked up on it i mean it was a lot of talk about suicide and, you know, um, my mind just taking control of everything and me not being happy, me being angry and frustrated and, you know, no one to talk to. It was very, very heartbreaking a lot. I didn't know what I wanted out of life, but I knew I had to just kind of deal with it. And so the depression really never went away, even all through high school. Uh, I hated elementary. I hated uh, junior high, and I hated high school. Uh, I just, I didn't like it. Always did well, never got into serious trouble. Grades were good. I just hated it. Uh, I just didn't fit in. I didn't like it. And... um which was weird after I got out of high school. I love college, man. Like, college was like, man, this makes sense. You're learning a lot of things. I mean, most of it, you got to pay, which is ridiculous nowadays. But it really seems like the individual was more accepting. Like, the teachers aren't on you about everything. The way you look or dress, like, all of a sudden, none of that mattered. Your education mattered, which which I liked. Through that, that going through college actually really, um, man, I didn't really feel depressed or, you know, suicidal. Had a lot of anxiety for sure, just because school is school and stressful. <laughs> but that's school. But as far as, you know, all these other things, it kind of dissipated for a really, really long time. And then, um, Then it kind of showed back up in my adulthood when I went into my university level. I had just gotten into a serious relationship with someone um, that I love dearly, still care about her. And uh, unfortunately, we we broke up after I graduated from my university, from my x-ray program. And... um, It was rough. It was rough those two years because, I mean, everything kind of just hit you. You're in a relationship. I'm in school full time, 100% of the time. I couldn't give the attention she wanted. I couldn't take care of myself. And um, no traditional family support, like from my mom and dad. 
Um, I did have support from my aunt and my grandma, which, and my older brother, which was great. But it was rough. It was rough. That's when I found out, um, my diagnosis and trying to deal with it, trying to understand, like, what would have happened if I knew this was what was going on when I was younger? Would it be any different now that I know about it when I'm older? And I don't know. I don't know what the outcome might have been if the structure was there as my mind was developing. Maybe I would have been happier now in life. Um, I always think about that. I mean, it's too late now, but it it would have been interesting to see how how it was addressed when I was younger to where I am now. Um, where I am now, I mean, generally happy, but, you know, most of all, I, I, I don't understand life. I really don't get a lot of it. I can't say I'm not grateful because there's, trust me, there's some people waking up just to chaos, just things that I couldn't even imagine and I'm not trying to disavow how I feel but it's you know I don't it's it, it's rough I wish this was would have handled earlier in life and I'm still trying to figure out what to do with all these thoughts and unsure and you know uncertainties in life um it's rough it's really rough i don't i don't hate life i don't want anybody to think i'm like man this dude fucking jeez <laughs> it's just it's how i felt and i'm only sharing this because i'm sure deep down inside there's maybe somebody you know or maybe it is somewhere inside you that I don't know, man. Maybe you're just not happy with where you're at. And how to change that? I think the first way to change any of it, like anybody with an addiction, is to honestly be real with yourself and recognize it. And for me, it is a depression issue for sure, 100%. Uh, My depression just leads into, you know, dangerous thoughts. Um, it it has destroyed every relationship I've been in, and you know I regret that. I try to be open with the people I've been in relationships with, and um, no harm, no you know nothing against them, but I don't I don't think they're ready for something like that. I don't think they know how to deal with it either. And uh, I think the worst thing you could tell someone who's depressed is, you know, get over it. You know, the sun is shining. Move on. That's not depressing. That's not how depression works. It's just, I don't know what causes it, to be honest with you. But to tell someone to get over it, that's the worst thing to do. Um, You know, you need to be a little bit more mindful when someone does tell you, what's going on really deep down inside they just want someone to listen someone to give them a hug someone just to be like what do you need um 
you can't just get rid of the feeling overnight. It's um, every day is a constant battle with people who suffer from depression. And for me, every day is a struggle to get up, to be like, all right, um, let's, let's have at it. It's hard. Trust me. I want to sit and sleep in my bed all day. (laughs) But I know that's not going to get me anywhere. And that would have never got me anywhere. Um, Which is weird because I've been very successful in life, which doesn't make sense to me either. Um, Like my depression gets out of control for sure. Um, But I've always been able to be successful. I don't, it's really hard to explain, especially like artistically, um, very self-expressed, very successful in there. Um, as I got older, the way I was able to delegate conversations and talk about things that are hurting me has gotten better. I mean, I got an education from the same university that I did all my surgeries at, which for me was probably the biggest accomplishment in my life like it's just uh, a lot of tears that day to be able to graduate from that same university that I met all these kind people you know that's that's big for me and yet I'm still not happy it's and I wouldn't say not happy with myself I'm just not it it gave me a moment of fulfillment for sure. I'll never regret going to school there. But it, I don't know if it'll ever sit in and just be like, wow, man, look what you did. For me, it was like, cool. I cried it out. I thought it was great, but it's still not, hasn't set in, I guess. It's still not like, whoa. And, I don't know. I don't know. Is that just because when I was younger, I never got really um, excited about things because I knew they would be shut down with some sort of, well, you don't look good yet. And unfortunately, I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's why I go carrying on through life like that. And I really shouldn't. I really, I know these things. I really shouldn't just be hung up on the past. But it is my past. I try every day to not let it be, you know, my future. I try to get out of that mindset. But it's really hard for me to be excited about a lot of things. And um, I know when I am having my moments of happiness, I feel great. My body feels great. But I know when I'm depressed, like I have been a lot lately since I moved from California to Utah, uh, it's just been, oh. <laughs> it's just been rough. Um, you know, I should just be so stoked on the opportunity where I'm working at now is amazing. I meet amazing people every day. And yet, you know, I just... I don't see, I don't see it yet. And it bothers me. It bothers me that I can't be excited on people like me, what I'm doing with work. And, uh, I'm maintaining my health as best I can. I'm, I'm able to afford 
to take care of myself on my own. I have my own living space. I'm able to pay for everything I ever wanted to do. And I'm still, I don't, I still don't know. I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to do. And uh, that bothers me. I don't, I love the medical field, but I don't know if I want to do it forever. As I continue on in the medical field, it only gets harder and harder to keep going because I see more and more of what old age does to you, which, you know, as your body kind of deteriorates naturally, what, you know, young people alcohol abuse, drug abuse, what it does to you internally. Um, the other day, we had a person come in who tried to hang themselves, and they severed something in their airwave, and man, this guy was only 35 years old, and he was over it. And um, it, it it's hard because I get how that guy feels. I've been in that those mindsets of like, you know what, man, you just get tired. You get tired of fighting. You get tired of trying to tell yourself, man, just keep going, dude. Just, you know, you know, other people got it worse than you. (laughs) And as a depressed person, we're not saying that people don't. We're not saying that. We're just saying like, you know, we're not all there with it. It's just, there's something inside us that just does not allow you to be fulfilled with happiness. And I don't know what it would do, if anything, to make me feel like 100% happy. And I don't believe anybody's 100% happy. But it is really weird that you kind of, I kind of relate to all these people. And, you know, I always hate when I hear healthcare workers be like, well, if you're going to do it, do it right. You know, if you're going to kill yourself, just, you know, why are you putting all these people through it? And, you know, shame on them, man. Don't, don't you ever tell yourself like, oh, if they're going to kill themselves, just have them do it. That's a person, people. That's a person that's dealing with something beyond something that they just can't deal with anymore. So that's what they thought was the best way to handle it. And you need to look at it at a different perspective. That this person really, really, really needs help. That is a cry for help. That is the final chapter. And for anybody to say, you know, how dare you, this and that, trust me, they didn't want to do that either. But that was their only source of fixing whatever they're dealing with. So I just ask you guys or anybody, just be a little bit more mindful of that. Be a little bit more mindful of someone who's not, just doesn't look happy. Just, you know, ask ask everybody, how you doing today? How you doing? And don't fall for that. Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Some people are like that, but always follow up with, you sure? You sure you're good? You all right? And you'd be surprised that somebody might just start opening up a little bit more, a little bit deeper. I remember I worked with a a clinical lab scientist at one time when I was doing phlebotomy. 
and uh, she was young, younger than me, very successful. And um, I got to know her, and we hung out one time, and she was from the Philippines. And, you know, I just asked her, you know, what, you know, how you doing, you know? Because she left her country. She's over here on her own, no friends. And um, I was like, hey, you know, how you doing? How you holding up? And just immediate tears, just you could tell that she just wanted someone to talk to and she just cried and cried and cried. She's like, I'm not doing well. I'm depressed. I've suffered from depression at one time. Um, this is a weird gift that my brother and I have is that people just tell us everything. I mean, they unload. They're just something about my brother and I, not to make myself sound almighty, but people just feel comfortable telling me a lot of things and um, I will never tell their names or anybody else but you know she just went on pursue and just said uh, you know at one point I tried hanging myself I actually did hang myself and her roommate luckily came home and got her off the rope lifted her up and saved her and I I was like, whoa, man, like, I've never met anybody. That was the first time I met anybody who actually tried it and went through with it and, you know, still alive. And uh, it's, it's just very, excuse me, it's just very, I don't want to say, huh, like, like you, you, you're, you're not, you come to realize you're not the only one dealing with it. You realize that everybody's got a little bit of it in them. Um, but some people, you know, it gets to be too much. And I get that too. There were some parts where it got scary for me and I was almost there. I was on all kinds of antidepressants and Honestly, that was probably the most comfortable I felt with, like, death and ready just to end it all. And luckily, I recognized it. I was like, ooh, I gotta get off these. This is driving me insane. And um, luckily, I was able to get the help I needed. But, you know, you just don't know. You really don't know who's dealing with what, on what circumstances, on what level. And, um... It's hard, man. It is hard for me to see it happen and to see it what could have been me, you know? When I saw that dude um, on the table when we were doing a scan, I was like, damn, man, that could have been, that could have been me. That could have been somebody else I knew. And I know it's just... Maybe that's why I am in the medical field, just for a constant reminder of how, how, whatever, like, whatever word you want to use, well, I'll just use how blessed you are to have not given up. Um, cause, man, man, it is just, every day is a humbling experience. Every day I see people just like, man, you know, thank you. Thank you for keeping me going. 
it's just insane what some people illnesses, diseases that they're dealing with. And it's, it's it's crazy. I mean, I met a nurse at the hospital I'm at. She had gotten, she contract, no, she got diagnosed with MRSA in her knees, almost killed her. They replaced both knees. And then in that same year, her son died. <laughs> I was like, what? And, you know, I met her, I talked with her for a little bit, and I was like, anytime you want to sit down and talk about this, I mean, I would love to record this. And so you can have that piece of life with you and go back and listen to how you overcame it. Hopefully she comes back and we're able to talk and we're able to do like an episode. I would love to talk to her. But, you know, that didn't take her out. She kept going. And with depression, it's... It's like that every day. You just, every day is like, all right, man, all right, I'm going to get up, I'm going to do this. Regardless if I don't want to talk to anybody, it's good to be around people and it be aware of how you feel. And that's the biggest thing that's helped me. It's just like, all right, I'm feeling a little down. The best thing to be is be honest with it. Yeah, If people ask how you're doing, it's ah, you know, it's a little, a little sad. And you get a whole different response, not like, oh, yeah, you know, get over it, man. It's like people just want to walk in and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. what's going on? What's going on? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and uh, so it helps. That's the first step is recognizing being with it. I mean, depression runs in my family for sure. Um, my younger brother, whether he admits it or not, he's got it. Um, I can't speak for Chris because he's not here, but. It, it, I've seen it. It runs in my family for sure. And, um, you know, my uncle's got it. My cousin's got it. And it's just, and it's an everyday thing. I don't hate life. I hope people know that. I don't hate life at all. I think it's super cool. I do a lot of, did and do a lot of cool things. But it, it's a lot of work for those who don't know what's going on, you know. And I bring this up just because I'm, I'm proactive for, mental health like it's just a serious thing and i think it's a beautiful thing that we're becoming more and more aware of it because not every childhood is great mine was chaotic from day one and that's what i'm used to is just a chaotic life and if something isn't wrong then something's wrong and <laughs> And uh, I'm really trying hard to get past all that. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to relax more. I carry a lot of tension, a lot of stress, a lot of worry. And that's just all because of what I went through as a kid. And I say all that because if you are dealing with something and you don't know where that's coming from or why it keeps showing up and it comes and goes as it pleases, something happened when you were younger. Somewhere down the line, your body just kept that in there as a defense mechanism because the human mind, human mind's crazy. It'll hold on to things to remind you like, hey, I don't like how that felt. If you ever feel that again, you know, this is, this is how you're going to react. And I'm going to save you from it. And it could be from anything, you know. So be a little bit mindful with yourself and be honest with yourself. 
reach out if you're not doing well. Uh, I'm, again, betterhelp.com. Check it out. It, it, it's really great. Talk to friends, family. I'm not really into like reading self-help books. That's just not my thing. Um, I, I like to talk it out more so than I've ever talked it out when I was a kid. Just because I got a lot to say. And I'm sure all those people who keep it tucked away or feel like uh, it makes you weak if you express, trust me, man. If somebody tells you that, that, those are not the people that need to be in your life. And you need to get rid of all that toxicity. I don't care if it was your best friend for 20 years, your mother, your father, your aunt, your uncle, anybody that tells you that, they're not there for you. And you need to move on from those people. Because life is crazy short. I've seen it. I've, I've experienced way too much too early in life <laughs> with medical issues of my own. Um, it's definitely made me a very sensitive individual to people who are hurting, to people who don't feel like you who don't feel like they're understood with their pain and suffering i mean i hit it from day one and i get it man i get what it's like to be scared not sure of the outcome of this procedure and it, it's made me very aware with people and i think that's why people are very comfortable speaking with me human beings aren't aren't stupid they know who's legit who's genuine who's just pulling them along and you need to be mindful of that on your on your own too and seek out those people who are thoughtful who don't feed you the same answers of like oh yeah 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 okay just get over it you need people who are a little bit more sensitive aware and understanding and not so quick to judge um you know your life is your life and you'll make it what you want to make it but don't waste it on, you know, negative people, toxic people. Um, and you know who they are. And if they're not there to help you through whatever it is, your depression, anxiety, you know, maybe even suicidal thoughts, then those aren't the people, man. If, if they just give you a hard time, tell you to get over it, or, you know, you have such a good life, don't you, you shouldn't be allowed to think like that. Everybody's on a different path. Everybody's on a different journey. And we need to be there for each other. It's just life's chaotic. Life's crazy. Doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I have no idea what we're doing here. Why we waste so much time and energy on things that pff, don't matter. And um, But what really matters is your overall happiness. Your comfort with yourself. Um. You know, if you're happy with those people around you, if you feel loved, if genuine love and kindness, that's what's important. I think for me, moving to Utah probably wasn't the greatest um, choice. <laughs> but can I say I'll be here for the rest of my life? Uh, I know for sure I won't be. Um, it's taught me a lot about myself and the moment I got here, I realized what was really important, and that that's family. That's love. 
that support everything that everybody has always told me that's that's what's really important money education you know that has its place for sure don't don't be a lazy turd get an education be mindful how you spend your money just remember man there it's it's so much more important to be around like a good tribe a good community of people that's what's really important that's what will keep you going that's why all these people live for hundreds of years hundreds of years or live up into you know until they're hundred is because they have a you'll and you'll see it they have a good community they have something that keeps them busy people checking in on them and that's what's important and me moving out here alone doing everything alone uh bad idea <laughs> you know uh live and learn <laughs> i can't change it now i'm here for a year at least with my contract but um you know live and learn um, it's not a total mistake but you know it's just uh I, I miss my friends miss my family and uh it's you know i miss hanging out with my grandma she's been like st- the biggest support of anybody she's pretty righteous and um she admits it too you know she's she when she's feeling down she calls me and we talk it out and I could never do that with my parents, man. That, yeah, right. So to be able to do it with her and her just understanding, we talk about it together. It's a beautiful thing. And I wish I could be like face to face with her. Um, but talking it out is huge. And uh, it's been very helpful. I talk to her every day since I've been here because why not? <laughs> She's pretty awesome. And um, she keeps me in check. She's always checking in on me. And that's been super, super helpful. But, I mean, she asked me. She encouraged. Oh, she's just so dope. I can't explain how dope it is to have someone like that. And um, whatever you're dealing with, find that dope person. And uh, it'll be a game changer. She always answers her phone or calls me back. And our conversations are hours and hours and hours. And get a friend like that, that get somebody like that who's not going to be ever make you feel like you're wearing them out. Or, you know, like, God, man, like, are they ever happy? Just find somebody, even if it's a therapist, a friend, your dog, I don't know. (laughs) Anything that just listens and, or anyone as well that listens and it's a game changer she keeps me going she keeps me in check it's been pretty cool and uh i enjoy speaking with her and um it's been good she keeps me going she knows i don't want to be here (laughs) that i mean here in utah but she's she doesn't let me give up i can easily go home for sure but you know that that'd be the easy thing and i need my experience right now such is life i'm here and you try to make the best of it so with that being said i hope this helps in some sort of way with whatever it is you may be dealing with please reach out to anybody uh, including myself you can reach out to me on my ig i'm always there and um you know enjoy life it'll be okay it'll definitely 
work out the way it needs to be. Um, if you suffer some pain, some tragedies along the way, just know you're not alone and there is a meaning to it. You may not understand it right away, but eventually later on, it'll all make sense. So hang in there. It's definitely worth the struggle. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Herb.